Hi, this is Lynn from Cook, Eat, Live, Love, and you are listening to the Eat Blog Talk podcast. Hey, awesome food bloggers. Before we dig into this episode, I have a really quick favor to ask you. Go to your favorite podcast player, go to Eat Blog Talk, scroll down to the bottom where you see the ratings and review section. Leave Eat Blog Talk a five-star rating if you love this podcast and leave a great review. This will only benefit this podcast. It adds value. And I so very much appreciate your efforts with this. Thank you so much for doing this. Okay, now on to the episode. Hello, food bloggers. Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, the podcast for food bloggers looking for the value and confidence that will move the needle forward in your business. This episode is sponsored by Rank IQ, and I am your host, Megan Porta, and you're listening to episode number 277. Today, Lynn and I are going to have a conversation about using lifelong learning to make an impact as a food blogger and entrepreneur. Lynn has been blogging since July 2018 at Cook, Eat, Live, Love. She creates and develops vegan and vegetarian recipes geared toward families who are looking to add more plant-based foods into simple, easy-to-prepare meals. Lynn discovered a few years back that learning is one of her strengths. It is something she loves, and it lights her up. It may not come so easy for some, and learning may look different for each person, but it's a necessity in order to move forward and grow. Lynn, I am super excited about this. This topic is so near and dear to my heart, so I'm really excited to dig into this with you. But first, we all want to hear what your fun fact is. Great. Megan, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here, and I appreciate you uh, giving me this opportunity. Um, My fun fact is that in 2018, I... Uh, sold everything that I owned. Um, I was at the time I was living in New York City, and I moved to Peru, um, and I've been living here ever since. Oh wait, you're in Peru? I'm in Peru. Yes, so I run my business from here. I did not know that. Whoa. Yes. Okay, so how is life in Peru compared to? I'm assuming you were in the United States. Yes, I was in the United States. I lived in New York City. Um, New York City. Okay. Yeah. So how is it? I mean. Compare it for us. How is it compared to living in New York City? Um, well, I live in Lima, which is, you know, the it's the main capital of Peru. It's a large city. So in a lot of ways, it's very similar to New York City. Um, I think it made the transition easier for me um, because, you know, I don't have a car here, just like I did it in New York City. So it's easy for me to rely on walking and public transportation um, to get around um, though, of course, you know, some of that has been more challenging in the last year and a half or so. But it's good. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy living here. Um, I, You know, the only the biggest thing really probably is the it's a different language. Yeah, right. Oh, well, that is amazing. I'm kind of yeah. jealous a little bit. I feel like we all kind of want to flee the United States right now. Um, yeah. But yeah, really cool. Awesome. Okay, so I mentioned this, but we're really, I'm really excited to talk about lifelong learning. And it's funny that I haven't really given this topic a ton of attention because I feel so strongly about it. Just, you know, there's so many good resources out there, so much good information available. I mean, we've got free podcast material all over the place. Books cost, what, between $15 and $25. That's such Mm -hmm. a low price to pay for the amount of information that's packed inside of some of them. So I want to talk about this with you. How has lifelong learning benefited you and kind of what's your story with it? Um, So I've always, I think I've always kind of tended towards being an avid learner. I mean, I went back to school 
um, as a you know mid-career adult, um, I went back to school to, to study nutrition. I, I'm a constant reader, you know, just kind of gatherer of information. And then in 2017, I took this Gallup strengths test and come to find out it's like my top, my top strength. And as I was reading my results from taking this, this, you know, this, um, this test, like it just, I couldn't believe, like, it was like, I was reading about myself, like it, they're just generalizations, but like I had all of these characteristics that um, were part of being a learner as a strength. Um, and so that's kind of really where I started to dive into it and um, like really kind of use it to to move myself forward. That's awesome. So what if like somebody's listening and they're like, but I'm not like that. Like I don't love learning. Is this episode for them? Is there something that they'll be able to take away from it? Because I feel like everyone can tap into lifelong learning, even if it's not something that you would consider a strength like you. What are your thoughts about that? Well, sure. I mean, I think that learning, you know, a lot of times we associate learning with something that takes place in a classroom, but there are so many other ways to learn. And I think it's looking for what works best for you. And even if you're not a learn, you know, if it's not a strength for you, I think in this business as a food blogger, like you have to, you have to at least find ways to work it into, um, to how you run your business because it's a necessity. I mean, there's just so much to learn. There's so much that you have to do um, as you're starting out. I absolutely love that point because learning doesn't need to be like sitting in a boring college classroom listening to. A professor drone on, right? It can be so many different things, especially for entrepreneurs. We have video learning, audio learning courses, you know, if you're a visual like reader definitely, and you learn definitely. well that way, there, there are so many different ways to learn. So that's great. Yes, definitely. I agree. Good news for anyone who is not consider does not consider themselves a quote learner. There are many different ways to go about this. So what about the challenge of um, just being overwhelmed? Because as you know, there's a lot going on in our space and I can see where people might just, you know, notice everything and stop and not take action because there's so much. I I think the first hurdle that at least I encountered was it's kind of twofold. One is not knowing where to start. um, And then also at the same time, just feeling like there's so much um, that you need to know. And the way that I tried to approach it was to just, at least initially was to just try to do one thing. Like if I was really struggling with learning how to do something, like it was just trying to move forward on one thing and not trying to to get a ton of things done. Um, and then as I was able to master something, I could move on to something else. Um, and then that way, it, I just didn't feel so overwhelmed. No, I was going to say also Google was like my best friend early on. I think the first year, like if I had any question, I would just Google it and try to find the answer. And YouTube, right? (laughs) I feel like we can learn absolutely anything on Google and YouTube, literally. So if you've got something, just one thing that you want to learn or, you know, maybe dig into at least a little bit, go there and you're guaranteed to find something. Um, Okay. Well, that's great. I love that advice. Just finding one little thing. And it's like that whole big concept of not looking through to the end and getting overwhelmed by 
you know, making huge strides and huge progress. Instead, just looking at what's in front of you and taking one little step. So how do you recommend people um, figure out what to dig into? Because there are so many facets. So maybe they've got SEO in their face and Pinterest and uh, social media and so many other things. How do they figure out what that one thing is? I, I don't know if I have the exact answer. I feel like that could be different for everyone. I'll say for me, the one thing that if I could look back on my three and a half years of blogging from where I started to where I'm at right now, the one thing that I probably didn't do soon enough was learn about SEO and about keywording in particular. And those two things, like they've been a a vast part of my learning in the last year and a half. And they've really started to begin to make a difference. You really can't go wrong with that, starting with SEO and keyword research, because those those things will have quick payoff. So if you want to grow quickly, that's probably a great place to start. Definitely, definitely. So talk to us about learning by actually doing um, and what you mean by that. So food blogging is doing things, testing things out, experimenting, making lots of mistakes and growing. So talk to us about that. Sure. I think that, you know, if we if we wait to, to learn, if we, if we wait to learn things, we're never going to move forward. So sometimes you just have to kind of take that leap and do it, even if it's just a mess. Um, and I think that all of us, well, maybe not everyone, but a lot of food bloggers can, can they all, we all have that content on our site that is from the first post that we did that we go back and we look at it and we cringe whether it's from, uh, you know, a photography standpoint, or whether it's from a, um, you know, how we wrote the recipe and, assemb- you know, assembled the content. I, I think everyone has that. Absolutely. But yes. Posting, but, but even by diving in, like you're learning about how to do things and just taking action to move forward. Um, and that every single time you're posting content, it's better than the last time. It's, you know, each one is better. You're making, you're making adjustments and fixing fixing things and moving forward. So really by nature, food blogging is learning because it's the nature of the job. I mean, if you're not learning, you're not moving forward, you basically have stopped food blogging. I I would say yes. But then, you know, the other part of it too, is that as a food blogger, you're teaching in a way. So learning and teaching, I feel like are very tied together as well. So, you know, in order to teach you, you have to be a learner. Um, so I feel like those two things are very, very much tied together. So share with us what you've learned and how. What, like, what resources are your favorites? What did you first start diving into as far as learning about um, food blogging? You mentioned SEO and keyword research, but what else do you learn, and what do you recommend others digging into? Um, I think you know finding sources of um, education that you can, that you enjoy the the teacher, you enjoy the speaker. Um, there's the, I can't remember the name of it, the SEO for Publishers series that has Casey Markey and... Um, oh, are you talking them. Top Hat Rank? Or? Yes, Top Hat Rank. Thank you. Yes. Um, I mean, that's an excellent source of a place to start. I feel like I've really benefited from that and it's free. You know, I think it's also about content like yours that just listening to podcasts and learning from other people's experiences that's part of you know that's part of growing and learning as well what about books because I'm such a nerd when it comes to business books and I feel like if I don't cut myself off I'm constantly consuming business and mindset material to help me grow and become better and more well-rounded and 
um, just all the good things. So give us your thoughts on books. So I enjoy reading. I'm def- I definitely am a big reader. I would say I read less today than I that I did previously. Um, I like to be inspired. So I don't necessarily I enjoy books on mindset. I learn a lot from those. And I feel like, you know, the other element of learning is also learning about yourself, and how to to be an entrepreneur, how to be a self motivator. Like those are all really important, um, you know, characteristics that a food blogger needs to have. And they don't necessarily come easily to everyone. Like that's, that's something that does not come easily for me. And it's something I have to work at every day um, to kind of show up and be present and get the work done. Um, but I have lately been listening to audiobooks and I use them as a way to get outside to exercise. And I've been choosing books that are like memoirs, but they're inspirational. And I've learned, like, I've just, I've been just eating them up. Like, they're just great. Yeah. And you can learn stuff from those too, right? Yes, I mean, definitely. memoirs yeah, are so. uh, an example of somebody's life, a history of somebody's life. And life is all about lessons. So there's always lessons to pull from other people's stories. And I feel like the ones that I've been listening to are geared towards like they're that they're not like a story about someone's life. They're, they're around that idea of, you know, moving forward, um, you know, being successful and that type of that type of thing. I love that you do audiobooks. I am the same. I'm always reading. Okay, my family makes fun of me because I'm always reading like two hardcover books and or paper books. And then I've got like two audiobooks going on too. And I kind of dig into whatever I feel I'm in the mood for, <laughs> which is ridiculous. But yeah, I've tried to rein it in and just focus on one book at a time, but it's not how my brain works. I have to be following different stories for some reason. What's wrong with me, Lynn? (laughs) There's nothing wrong with you. I think that books are like the best bang for your buck, basically, because you can get so much valuable information by spending $20. And think of the authors who put like all of, you know, how many countless hours and months and maybe even years into one little book and they know so much about a specific topic. That's my biggest takeaway is just like, if you really want to dig into learning, yes, do those free things like the webinars and the the podcasts consistently, but also really get to know some books. And you mentioned earlier, just like learning about yourself. I think that's a really important takeaway as well, because if you don't know yourself and and you're not willing to grow in that way and like with your mindset and those sorts of things, then you're not going to grow as much in your business. I totally agree with that. I feel like 2021 for me was learning that lesson. Like that was the lesson that I needed to learn was that, um, you know, that kind of coming to the realization that possibly the reason that I wasn't moving forward in the way that I wanted to is because I kept getting in my own way. Um, and, you know, I feel like if it hadn't have been for your podcast and other podcasts that I kind of like other people that, um, you know, are really kind of into the whole mindset thing, I'm not sure if I would have made that connection. So that was like the one really big learning, learner, learning experience that I had for 2021. Oh, I love hearing that. And I think that's a good piece of encouragement for food bloggers, too, because if you don't know where to turn or you don't know what you need to learn, turn to each other, turn to your fellow food bloggers to connect with them and grow together, whether it's in a group or a forum or just reaching out on Instagram or emailing, like that is a really good place to start. 
Let's take a really quick break to talk about a service I'm really excited to share with you. As a food blogger, you've got so much on your plate. You are busy developing recipes, taking photos, writing posts, managing social media, and all of the other things. You work hard to help your readers live a more delicious life. Even though you enjoy working in your business, I think we all do it because we love it, your to-do list is probably a mile long. You know what I'm talking about. And maybe there are certain things you'd rather not deal with, such as writing. If writing is not your cup of tea, you do not have to go it alone. Heather Eberly is a content writer for food brands. She uses copywriting and marketing techniques to grow your business so you can focus on doing the things you love. If you want to gain Google traction, stand out from the crowd, and take your income to the next level, Heather can help you. Go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash resources to get more information about Heather's services. Again, go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash resources and click on Heather's link. And now let's get back to the episode. Definitely. 2020, 2021 was also the first year that I had a group of food bloggers that um, I met with twice a month um, just via the internet. And that was the first full year that we were in... Um, you know, doing our meetings. And that has been tremendous because it's fun. Like it, it, you know, they're, they're, it's fun to get on a call with them. But then at the same time, we're all sharing our experiences. We're all learning from each other. Um, and that's been another huge valuable tool that um, I had in 2021 that I feel like helped me move forward. That it's game changing. If you can find a small group of people that really connect you connect with and who support you and encourage you and who share with you openly because there are those groups that are toxic. I know I've heard of them. I've I've seen them in action. So find the supportive, encouraging type of group and that is so game changing. Yeah, I feel we don't our group is definitely not toxic. Um, and I feel like it's 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 a it's a place that is extremely supportive. It's a place where all of us feel comfortable being vulnerable if we need to be. Um, and I don't. I feel like too that at the moments that I could have thrown in the towel, I knew that I had them to kind of talk me through those hard times. And so it's just been that part has been game changing as well. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I cannot stress that enough. So go buy some books, <laughs> find some books that resonate that are going to teach you about yourself, help you learn and grow, um, you know, in your mindset and also in your business, and also find your people. Yeah. So what do you think about hiring out? <laughs> you know, this can kind of relate to the topic that we're talking about, like not doing those things that you really shouldn't be doing in your business or that you don't want to learn about? What are your thoughts on all of that? So I think that that would be another mistake that I didn't maybe make early on is that I wasn't willing to invest money in, in some learning that I really needed, um, in particular relating to SEO and keywording. Like that was just something, there were two instances that I could backtrack over the last two years where I held off on making a decision that was financially based that held me back. Um, and I feel like, I mean, I, it's okay. Like, again, you learn from those experience. I mean, you learn from those mistakes, but um, I feel like I could have possibly moved, been a little further along than I am now um, had I done those things a little earlier. Um, so I think that's one is just kind of knowing that at some point in time, you're going to have to spend the money, even if you're not making the money. Um, and you've got to take it that it's an investment that you're making into your business 
um, try to set money aside to save up for it, whatever you need to do, take on work as a VA to try to make some money to be able to pay for it. Um, yeah, this is a tough one. I see food bloggers struggle with this all the time. And I get it because I've been there too. You are doing something, whatever the task or project is that you don't love, but you're like, well, why would I hire out? Because I can do it. Why would I pay someone else to do it? It's so like pivotal when you get to that place where you realize you either need help or you need to invest in a part of your business, even if you're not making money. I think your point is so spot on. You know, if you have to save up for it, then do that. Um, make a plan, like may- maybe make a six-month plan or something Definitely. like that. And then how do you recommend um, kind of sorting through the investments that we make? Because there are a lot of opportunities to invest, whether it's through outsourcing or maybe investing in a mastermind group or a coaching Um or in a course, like how do you sort through all of that? I think it, I, I think you've got to look, I guess, at what what it is that you need to accomplish um, and and move forward. So, like this year for me, like I've I've set aside like a couple topics that I'd like to learn about, um, and and for me, one is photography. Like I haven't really taken like a photography course yet. I've kind of just been self taught watching free videos. Um, I did do like a little like kind of a group of uh, a group. I don't know what you would call it, like a group membership learning um, that really helped a lot. But I think it's just whatever your goals are, but then also looking at where do you need the help the most and how is that going to help move your business forward? So like I just, I just finished up taking the cooking with keywords course, which is one of the things that I feel like I, I wish it had been around a long time ago because it was just, I, it, it was it was just amazing. Like I learned so much. Um, so I think it's just whatever. And I would also like look at what recommend you know, recommendations from other people, because there are some classes, some courses maybe that aren't so great out there. So what are other people saying? What did they learn from them? Yeah. Another reason to find that group that you really trust, right. And yes, kind of lean yes. on them for support. Yes, Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, this is all great. Um, is there anything we were missing as far as learning, like how people, we kind of talked about like how to get started or what to focus on first, um, you know, digging into free resources, webinars, books, et cetera, not books, but podcasts, et cetera, finding those people that you can connect with who are going to help you learn and grow and support you. What else? What are we miss- What are we missing? Well, I think that there can also be a negative side to learning, um, at least for someone like me who really, um, who really, it's my strength. But at times, it could hold me back because I feel like I need to learn more in order to do something. And that isn't always the case. Like sometimes we need to have knowledge before we take steps, but not always. Um, so, so that would be one is like... Um, you know, is, is that it can hold you back on moving forward. And sometimes you've just got to jump in feet, feet, you know, feet head first or whatever, and just trust that you know enough to move forward and then kind of do that learning as you're going process. Yeah. It doesn't have to be perfect, right? You don't have to dive in knowing everything or thinking that you're going to get it all right. Just learning one thing at a time. Yeah, definitely. And I also think that too, learning can sometimes be overwhelming and there's a lot of different approaches. 
And I know that early on, like I found this, I was in some Facebook group and was just like inundated by all the things that I didn't know. Like constantly people were like, you know, there was comments, you know, someone would post about this and I'd be like, oh gosh, I don't know that yet. And it was just overwhelming. And I had to just turn it off for a while um, and move forward on what I could accomplish. Um, and, and, and I also, yeah. And I also think finding sources that you can trust because I mean, there, there's lots of different ways you can go about this and things that ways that you can do it. There's not just one way to food blog. Um, but I think it's, it's trying to get your information from sources that you trust and not from everyone, so to speak. How much time do you dedicate to learning? Do you have like time set aside each week or do you just kind of go with the flow? I generally go with the flow. I mean, I listen to, you know, I do learning through podcasts and reading pretty regularly. I wouldn't say every day, um, but when I have an opportunity to listen to a book or read or listen to a podcast, I'll do that. Active learning, I don't know that I actually have have time set aside. When I did take sign up to take the cooking with keywords course, I did like set time aside for that. And I, I finished it in a, like a few days um, because I wanted to get through it and because I needed to <laughs> quickly. Um, <laughs> um, but I think, you know, for, for, for 2022, what I've done is not set aside time weekly or daily. Cause I don't know that I have that, but I have given myself like a few things of I would like to focus on learning for this year. And then I'll look for opportunities, you know, when I can fit them in, um, you know, and then I think once I sign up for a course, you know, go ahead and try to get it done as quickly as possible. What do you think about in-person conferences and learning that way? I'm curious to get your thoughts on that. Oh, I love it. I love it. I, I, I would love it. I, I just wish that um, we would see the end of COVID uh, that would allow us to do that more easily. Um, but I think that, I mean, I know as far as I've been to conferences before, not necessarily food blogging, but they're just, they're just so life-changing because you meet people there, you walk away with just, if it's a good conference, you walk away with like so much knowledge and information and you're super passionate about what you're doing and you just can't wait to get back to work. Um, so I think that from that perspective, there, there's no, you know, there's no, um, there's no substitute for that. Mm, I so agree with that. I know. And it has been really hard with COVID not being able to do things like that more. They haven't been as accessible, um, but things are starting back up. And I highly encourage people to take advantage of the ones that are actually um, doing conferences this year and next year, because it is so life changing. And even like having experienced many conferences going into new ones, there's, I mean, I can't even describe it. Basically what I'm trying to say <laughs> is that in your mind, you might think it's great, but it's even better in real yeah. life. <laughs> so good. And then I have one more question sure. for you. I always get to this point. If I've gotten through a week where I've just done a little bit too much learning, like maybe consumed a few too many podcasts and books, I get to this point where I'm like, okay, my brain is shut off and I literally just can't take in any more information. Do you ever get to that point? Uh, yeah, I think that, I think of course I do. Of course I do. Like it, it can be too much. I mean, there's definitely, you know, it, you can only do so much. And that's your mind's way of saying, take a break, you need yeah, rest. go rest, yeah. hang out with the people you love and learn next week, start again next week. 
Definitely, definitely. Is there anything else we've missed about learning and being a lifelong learner and how we can encourage food bloggers to dig into learning consistently? No, I think that's it. Yeah, we've talked about a lot and hopefully given food bloggers some really good encouragement to just dig into some resources. Um, Okay, I have to ask you this. Okay, I was lying. I said I had one last question, but this is really, really my last question, I promise. Um, Do you have any book recommendations as far as mindset or business or anything that would help food bloggers grow? So if you're looking for a fun read that's super inspiring, I just finished listening to Shonda Rhimes, The Year of Yes. That was unbelievable. Um, And I would recommend listening to it on the audiobook. She's really fun to listen to. I loved that book. That was so good. Um, and then I don't, nothing's coming to mind off the top of my head. Um, that's okay. Um, can I, can I rattle off a few of my favorites? Yes. Okay. So I'm going to open, I have a nerdy document here. (laughs) (laughs) So I know I've talked about this before on the podcast. So if you've heard it before, I apologize. Um, mildly to moderately obsessed with atomic habits by James Clear. It is one of the best books, hands down, like whether you operate a business or not, but it digs into habits and how you can just be in a more effective, efficient human by figuring out like how to make better habits. Um, If you are looking for something to really give you like a roadmap about how you need to proceed as an entrepreneur, The Common Path to Uncommon Success by John Lee Dumas is so phenomenal. I absolutely love that one. Building a story brand. If you are struggling with having a story for your business that you can communicate to your audience and knowing who you're talking to and all of that, it is such a game changer book. Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. I think everyone should read that. And then The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss is one of my favorites. It just walks through ways to be more productive and do less and do like accomplish more and earn more. It's a great book as well. I could go on and on, but I'll stop there. <laughs> Atomic Havocs is next on my is next on my list to read. I I listened to a podcast with him recently. I think Brene Brown interviewed him, and that one was it was really an interesting conversation. Um, and it, I definitely have to read it. I'm on his email list. It's like the only email that I read every single week, every word of. It's that email. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm like, I, I'll see it pop up in my inbox. And most other emails, as you know, are like, oh, another email I have to delete. But his, I get excited and I read the whole thing. And usually I'm super inspired by something, one or two things that he writes. And it's just, yeah, he's brilliant. So highly recommend that. And if anyone ever needs business book or mindset book or podcast ideas. I have so many. So reach out to me and ask me or Lynn. She might have some ideas too. And I'm, you know, I'm more than willing to share my thoughts with you. So thank you for being here, Lynn. This was super fun. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. It was so exciting to be here. Yeah. So do you have a quote or words of inspiration to share with food bloggers before we go? I do. I have a quote that's by Brene Brown, and she says that the most powerful teaching moments are the ones where you screw up. And I I share that because I think that it applies to both teaching and learning. Um, and it, it reminds me that it's okay to make mistakes because it's a form of learning and it's a path to move forward. Oh, you know, that speaks to me. That's one of my <laughs> main messages. I love that. Thank you for ending that way. 
We will put together a show notes page for you, Lynn. So if you want to go look at those, anyone, you can go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash cook, eat, live, love. I love your website name, by the way. It's so great. Thank thank you. Why, Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you online and on social media and everywhere else? Sure. So I am cook, eat, live, love on uh, Instagram and other platforms. I would say that I'm probably the most active on Instagram. And my blog is also cookeatlivelove.com. Awesome. Well, everyone go check Lynn out. And thank you for being here, Lynn, so much. And thank you for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you in the next episode. We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk.